1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, beautiful. Hi,
0: my love. How you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> Ready to talk to the audience?
1: I am so ready to talk to these people. You know, I'm dying to talk to these people.
0: Oh, I love what you did there. You like that? We have quite the macabre <laughs> topic today. We're going to talk about regret. The top five regrets of the dying. I really like what you did there. You See that? I I, I see yeah, that your head yeah. is in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, here.
1: I, <laughs> I'm here. I'm with you.
0: Oh, Speaking Mr. S- language, Mr. I'm catching S- what you're throwing. Sassy today. This is a really, really awesome book, actually, that was written by a woman named Bronnie Ware. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and her story. And then we're going to talk about those five top regrets of the dying that she kind of compiled from her experience working as a palliative care nurse. Mm. And and we're going to discuss how does that relate to you? How can you kind of switch your relationship with regret? And how can you make some changes in your life so that you don't end up on your deathbed going, God damn it, I wish wish I would have done this differently or spent more time doing this or, or actually liked myself. <laughs> right?
1: God forbid.
0: Right? So before we jump into all of that, you know we got to we gotta pass the mic over to Mr. Smith. That's
1: right. Pass it over here. Now, be- now I'm catching what you're throwing for sure. Oh, yeah? Because mm-hmm, we have a little topic that we like to call... Would you rather? And today's would you rather is would you rather speak to and understand animals or speak every known language on the planet?
0: Oh my gosh, that's a tough one.
1: Mm, right?
0: Okay. For, do you know where my do you know where my head went? Because I always go to the rationale I part. I always worry about yeah.
1: answering that question. <laughs>
0: As you should. Okay, my first my first thought went, What if I am so disappointed with what animals are thinking? That's what I was thinking like, too. Like really? Yeah. I was, I was thinking, like, what
1: if they're dumb as hell and boring?
0: I was thinking, what if they're straight up assholes?
1: And they could be too. What if they were yeah, like,
0: yeah. fucking look at me again, bitch? <laughs> like
1: <laughs> I don't want to tell you how I feel. <laughs> that with humans
0: (laughs) they're like put your hand out again bitch try it try it one more time come close to me
1: (laughs) well i'm sure just like humans there's plenty of of there's a there's dick raccoons and there's sweet raccoons you think raccoon
0: a raccoon i man and then there then there's ones that i would be devastated if they were assholes like horses like a seal
1: horses can be dicks actually seals yeah okay
0: you know like like seals or like otters you know Mm -hmm. like they just seem like they're just fat and happy and i'd be so sad if they were like
1: you know what animal i would be really upset with if they were dicks what sloths
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: because they're just so chill and like there could be somebody biting on their back and they're like dude can you please stop right like they never seem to be upset
0: i know like or what if they were rude um, What? Yeah, what if they were really, really angry inside?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All passive aggressive. They were
0: like, how did I get stuck in this body? How come I can't move fast? This is so
1: frustrating. I can't even move my face in the emotion I'm feeling right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why? Do I have these feelings that I cannot express? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, but then if you could, if you could speak every language in the world, the amount of connection that you could have and... The job opportunities oh that would God. be available to you—you you. would be
1: world renowned, right? Yeah, I mean, you could go to like remote tribes and be able to speak their language.
0: Absolutely, and that'd be incredible. Yeah, what we could do for connection and unity over the world—absolutely
1: could be. Yeah, you could do a lot of good with that one. You could do a lot of good with animals too. Like, what if you were a veterinarian?
0: But there's there's a part of me though with the with the animals that. If, if, like, for instance, if there were, if there was like a pig that was like, listen to me, Amy, you should see the shit that they do in these slaughterhouses. We can, it's egregious. And it was like crying to me and telling me, like, (laughs) I couldn't handle it if animals were pleading the case for their, for their race. Gotcha. You know, for their species. I, I don't think I could. So I think I'm going to go with speak every language in the world. Okay. What about you?
1: I'm going to go with speak to animals. I think that in itself, you'd be world-renowned if you could communicate with animals. That's true. Although people might look at you like, you know, your snake oil salesman or something.
0: Well, you might not be able to, like, eat meat anymore.
1: What if there were animals at crime scenes and they could be eyewitness?
0: That would be Mm incredible. Oh, I like where your head went. That... That is some serious after-hour shit right there. That's right. What's after-hours, you might what ask? Is it? <laughs> 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 but you got to do the jingle for it. After-hours. <laughs> <laughs> After hours is our Facebook community and it is available only for audience members. And all you have to do to get over there is go to the joyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over to our little corner of the internet. And it is amazing. Every single Monday, we talk about our would you rather and we discuss the reasoning and the rationale and. I'm with Mr. Smith or I'm with Amy or people come up with the most creative reasons why they choose what they choose. Mm -hmm. We would love to hear from you. And the community is amazing. On Thursdays, we do a Q and Slay where I sound off on a little mini training where I talk about things that have come up from the community throughout the week. And it's just a really, really great place to find other people who are in the same situation as you, who are dealing with enoughness or approval or tough conversations with family or boundaries or all of the the things that we talk about here that are embarrassing and we we run into social media and everybody has these highlight reels of their perfect vacations and their flawless outfits and the perfect <laughs> poses and and it's hard to be like hey guess what I don't like myself or yeah. Yeah. I, I struggle with insecurity or I have no idea what to say to my overbearing boss. And we all get to kind of come together and be vulnerable and supportive, and everyone is beautiful to one another. It's kind of an anomaly as far as I'm concerned, for sure and yeah. we Much run a- trolling is there's out there exactly. We run a tight ship, so no one's going to sell you stuff or try to get you into their MLM or anything like that so the dot com slash club
1: butterflies that's another one I would be really upset if they were dicks
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling, like for the next like <laughs> week, we're gonna be like coming
1: up with different animals that we're like, oh, can you imagine if this one was a
0: dick? You're gonna be like hyenas, knew it, called it, <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty well known for being dicks.
0: But what if they were like super sweet or or really zen? You're right, and they were like, yeah. man, just we're just chill nah, we're just
1: one with the animals right now. You know? We're in the <laughs> we're in the circle of life. It's bitch. just
0: survival of the fittest, though. What do you want me to do? <laughs> All right, guys. That's amazing. So let's... This is fun. That was a fun one, babe. <laughs> so let's talk about the the top five regards of the dying. Now, I have to give huge credit, like all the credit, actually, to a woman by the name of Bronnie Ware. And if you're not familiar with her, you can certainly... Name. Yeah, she's um, Australian. And she's quite, quite an amazing woman. She spent about eight years working as a palliative care nurse, which is essentially like a hospice nurse. Somebody who is helping those who have terminal illness really contend with I'm leaving this plane of existence mm-hmm. and what do I need to do to feel at the most peaceful as I leave and in dealing with such situations she kind of asked all of these various people throughout the years what you know what they are Concerned about what their biggest regrets are, what their worries are. And they really started to just share with her. And she compiled five very specific regrets that kind of crossed over all different socioeconomic standpoints, crossed over different, didn't matter if you were, what race you were, what, how affluent you were. They all had the same five regrets. And I thought it was really interesting because she said, That people would tell her over and over and over again, please share my message so that others learn from my mistakes. Wow. And And here we are. Exactly. So I want you to really pay attention as we go through this. What I'm going to share with you are the five regrets. And then I'm going to talk about different inquiries or questions, journal prompts, places to check in with yourself in order to unpack Would I end up at the end of my days having one of these regrets? And how can I shift my course? How can I alter my course now while I have the foresight and my health in order to to really end up on that deathbed going, man, I lived a rich life. Yeah. I have zero regrets. I have a full, full life history, and I could not be prouder. That's what we want, right? Yeah. And let me tell you right now, death is the great equalizer. It does not matter your status. It doesn't matter how much money you made. It doesn't matter how many degrees you had or how much you made your mom happy. Everybody is going to hit that point where we go, holy fuck, did I matter? Did I live a life that was fulfilling or was I twisting and contorting and trying to make everybody else happy? Hmm. So uh, Bronnie Ware posted a this blog in nine It got tons of traction, as you can imagine. And then she ended up publishing a book in 2012. So I'm going to link to that. If y'all are interested in it, you can find it on Amazon. And she got a lot of criticism around it because it does talk about people's regret around work and around career. And people said, that's not based in science, da 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 <laughs> And she said, no, it's not. It's based on observation. It's yeah. based on anecdotal evidence of what I accumulated watching people in their most vulnerable place of their life where they are literally leaving this plane of existence and pleading with her to take this on and, and have other people change their paths. So I'm hoping that this is, is really helpful for you. Now, as you know, I love me a good number system. I love a good bullet point. We're going to actually go backwards. And I'm going to start with number five. And oh. We'll, we'll drum up all the way to number one. Okay. So it's nice and riveting. Number five. Top five regrets of the dying. I wish I had let myself be happier.
1: Wow. That was number five, huh?
0: That was number five. Dang. I wish I had let myself be happier. Now, this is something that I talk about all the time with my work. Mm -hmm. That nobody comes to me and says, Amy, I really need to know what my core beliefs are. Or I really need to find my core value system. Or I want to find my authentic voice. Nobody says that. They say I'm fucking miserable and I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And what we are taught that equals happiness is usually a total facade, and it's a fallacy. It is societal. It might be related to your family of origin or your ethnicity of what success looks like, and we think that equals happiness, right? Or it might be related to legacy. It might be related to somebody else's dream. But guaranteed, all of y'all out there, there are certain things that you are going after, whether it is being partnered, whether it is a specific career choice that you want, whether it's to have a family or not have a family. We are in pursuit of those things because they equate happiness to us. Maybe if I get this raise, then I'll be happy. Maybe if somebody loves me and I'm partnered, then I'll be happy. Maybe if I have a child, then I'll be happy. We are constantly in hot pursuit of happiness. And what we don't realize is that it's an inside job.
1: (laughs) It's an inside job, see?
0: (laughs) Exactly. So, a couple of questions for you to kind of check in with yourself and look at what might be stifling that happiness. I mean, we know that humans very broadly have two primary drivers. It's it's primitive. It's rooted in our subconscious wiring. It's either the pursuit of pleasure, the avoidance of pain. Yeah. That means we are trying to keep ourselves safe and we are trying to experience the most happiness and fulfillment that we can. But we, what the big lie is that no one has ever told us that we can actually find it internally. It's been told to us over and over again that it's in the degree, it's in the partner, it's in the promotion.
1: The externals. It's
0: in, it's in the size of jeans.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's in or your back on your shoulder. Exactly. Yeah. That's
0: exactly right. So a couple of questions for you to think about and I want you to really pay attention to these 5 that I'm sharing with you, these 5 regrets, and then the subsequent questions underneath, attach to the ones that hit home the most. And then I want you to commit to journaling or discussing these questions that I'm putting underneath here to think about how does this apply to you and how can you actually change course? All right, because we don't want to get to that point where we go, damn, yeah, I lived a life for everybody else. All right, so a couple of questions. Are my goals rooted in fulfillment? A lot of times we are pursuing different goals in our life because we think they are going to make us happy. We think they're going to make us happy because it's what makes our parents happy. Or it's what makes our children happy, or it's what we've always done, so we think we need to continue doing that. Or we've worked our ass off for a specific promotion, and we realize that we hate the job once we got in there, and mm. we go, "Gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't quit." I, I threw everything in my life into this, but is it really rooted in fulfillment? And this is one of the reasons why in. My Deep Down and Dirty program, which is the way in which I work with clients, it's the only way that I work with people, we talk about our values. I remember very specifically one time my little brother asked me, what do you, what do you really think is the key to happiness? And I said, I think there are two things. I think there's understanding what, what you need to be doing here on this earth in order to be fulfilled. And I think it's truly also understanding your core values and living in accordance with them. And the way that I teach about core values, which I do not, I don't ever really talk about on the podcast because it's, you know, got to save, save some of the juicy stuff for my students, which by the way, the pods are very much just a snippet (laughs) of what you get when you're actually doing a deep dive. That's true. That's true. But the deal behind values are that these are the components or the elements that must be present in your life in order for you to be fulfilled. For example, for me, if I don't have an element of creativity in my life in some way, I'm significantly less fulfilled. I'm significantly less happy. That means I need to be doing a creative project, whether it's designing new stationery for my business or designing a new Halloween costume. I need to be doing some sort of creative element or else I feel it. I can tell I'm not as happy. Another one is health and wellness. If I'm not taking care of my physical vessel, and that means like dentist appointments, that means working out, consuming things that feel good for my spirit, all of those things, if I'm not doing that, I feel it. That equals unhappy for me. That's why we talk about values a lot in Deep Down and Dirty and spend an entire week on it. Yeah. So I want you to check in. Are the goals, are the things I'm working towards right now genuinely rooted in fulfillment? For me, not just making other people happy.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. A lot of people pick what colleges or what degrees.
0: Family businesses.
1: Over, you know, what someone else thinks they should do
0: or i mean that's a great point babe it you know things like well the nursing industry is really in high demand right 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 now we we make decisions based off of logic and reason Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instead of going well what does my heart want what do i what what do i what am i desiring to do Mm -hmm. do i really want to paint am i really a musician at heart are you following the things that really, truly light your spirit on fire? And if you don't know, that's okay. Do some research on it. Do some experimentation on what genuinely lights you up. It's never, ever too late. The dude who created, who started McDonald's, which I can't believe that's his passion, but okay. I want to make cardboard food. <laughs> no, just kidding. I can mow on some, some fries. I, I'll be
1: honest. <laughs> but they do turn to cardboard within seven minutes. You have
0: seven minutes you have max. Exactly that's seven it. minutes. He didn't start that company until he was 50. So no excuses on, oh, it's too late for me or no. We all, if you are here and you're planning on being here for another couple of years, then it is worth taking the time and effort to see what is going to make those years the most fulfilling for you. Another great question to ask yourself around happiness is, are my relationships deep and meaningful? Mm-hmm. Am I entertaining friendships, marriages, work colleagues, social environments that I fucking hate, that are obligatory? Do I spend all my time with my family that's toxic? Do I need to actually create some boundaries there or even sever the relationships altogether? Are you in a marriage that you know cannot continue five more years? Like you are not happy. All right? Now, I'm not saying throw in the fucking towel. I'm just saying let's call a spade a spade and let's either work on it. Let's get real serious about it and get into some couples counseling or some therapy or even having a conversation about not being happy. We got to do something about it. Can't keep doing the same goddamn thing and expecting a different result. It's insanity. Right?
1: I think we should call a spade a shovel. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: If you didn't know this it's about a, my husband...
1: It's a little side note. He
0: loves himself a good pun or a really bad pun.
1: Well, it depends on your perspective. <sighs> that's for sure.
0: <laughs> but he lives for my disgust. I
1: live for the eye roll. He I lives do. it.
0: And I give him a good debilitating <laughs> eye roll, let me tell you. And then finally, I want you to ask yourself this around the happiness question. Do I like myself? And what will it take to fall in love with me? Hmm. I think that that is probably one of the greatest secrets in all of happiness, right? Is that it's about loving yourself, liking who you are. And that is something that we're never taught in school. It's like algebra or it's even physical education, but it's not ever how to have a positive relationship with yourself. We're not taught how to contend with that voice that tells us we're not enough, We don't know how to grapple with that fear of going for a job interview or having a tough conversation with our partner. We're not taught any of that stuff. So we cower and we think that we're not enough and we're not valuable and then we create all of our worth in our accomplishments or if other people love us. And then we wonder why we're not fucking happy. Yeah. This is what I do, y'all. So (laughs) if if you are interested at all or even remotely curious in – deep down and dirty in the work that I do, which, by the way, that program spans almost four months. And it is where I give all my attention. My students get every piece of me. I suggest going to check out a free workshop that I have. And it covers off, you know, five major elements that have to be present in your life if you genuinely want to get to that place where you love yourself, where you are happy. That's what it equates to. When we... As self-help professionals are are touting around this idea of loving who you are, it's not for the fuck of it. It's not because we want to just burn sage and have crystals. It's because we it equals happiness. It equals fulfillment. It's getting to that end of your life going, damn, that life was rich. Damn, that life was fulfilling. Instead of, oh my gosh, I have so much angst about what I didn't accomplish and what I didn't experience, what I didn't feel. So if you're interested in that and you know that something has got to give, has got to shift, go to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop, have a watch through that entire presentation and see if it, it lands, those five different things that really must be present. And then you'll see an opportunity to take it further and to talk to one of my team members and see if it's a good fit for you. All right. So number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting one.
0: This comes back to intimacy, vulnerability, and connection. If you follow Brene Brown, who we affectionately like to call Our Lady Brene, she uh, talks all the time about how we are innately wired as humans to connect The problem that happens is we connect with all the wrong people. We take on a bunch of projects. We go, oh, I can fix him. I can fix her. Or, oh, I can let that slide from that family member. Or, oh, I'm being too sensitive with my partner. And we settle for all these relationships that are not fulfilling for us. So if you are in that boat, just do a search on my site. I've done tons of of episodes about cultivating really rich friendships. We even rebroadcasted one a few weeks ago. You should be able to find it really easily in your feed. But I want you to check in with yourself here, because a lot of times the reasons why we don't stay in touch with our friends are a lot of bullshit obligations. Like, let's just call it out. It is likely that we work too much, which will dovetail nicely into one of our other ones. However, let's stay here for a second. I want you to ask yourself right now, what am I making most important in my life? Most of the time, we would say, oh my gosh, my friends mean the most to me. My husband means the most to me. My wife means the most to me. You know, my spirituality means the most to me. And yet, it's totally incongruent, the time and the energy that we're spending. And we're not making time to connect with those people that we genuinely care about. So one, it's about, making sure that it's the right people to begin with. And then two, it's about being really intentional about crafting the time. We talked last week about systems and organizing things in your life. And I remember I used to have friends that would tease me how much I scheduled things, that we had – date night every single week on saturdays and then we had a couple's night where we got together with some other friends on fridays and then i had a girl's night scheduled every thursday and then i as soon as somebody said hey let's get together i said okay bring out your calendar when it, when let's make it happen and you're so scheduled and i'm like yeah because those people matter to me mm-hmm. and that is the only goddamn way i can make sure it happens
1: if you're on the schedule you're important that's right That's thought it should be anyway
0: that's right I'm sure y'all have heard me talk about this before. Everything that is of importance is on your to-do list or on your calendar. So if you look at those two things and you do not see any type of friendships, then we have some action steps to do. All right? And another thing that I want you to think about here as as it relates to friendships is, how can I alter what staying in touch means? I think that a lot of times we think that, Our relationships need to stay the same way they were when we met that person. So let's say we met that person in college. Okay, well, staying in touch means that we still go out boozing together or going to clubs or shit. Now, I have kids and they don't. How do Mm -hmm. I – we don't relate. And so we start creating all of these reasons why we can't connect anymore or their job is so demanding and I have – I stay at home. So it's totally different. No, if you are still connected with this human – on a spiritual level, and they fulfill you, and it's a connected relationship, there are tons of ways to stay in touch. And you just have to use your words. You just have to say, hey, I know that I have 14 kids now. I know that it's (laughs) really crazy over here, but you mean a lot to me, and I want to figure out how we can stay in contact. It might not be every single week or even every month or even every year the way it used to be. But I want you to know that you mean something to me. You mean a lot to me, and I want to figure out what might work for us. I like that. Or vice versa. It could be that you feel like, gosh, they're having all these kids or they have this really demanding job and and they don't have time for me anymore. You might be able to say like, hey, listen, I have no idea if there's stories that you're making up on your side. I know I certainly am. And I know that our life paths have taken us in different directions, but I just want you to know that I am always up to connect. And it might not be the way that we used to. We might not be able to do sleepovers or we might not be able to take weekends away. But if you're ever up for just a coffee date or if you're willing to come by on on a night after I put the kids to bed, I want you to know you matter to me. We have to shift what it means to stay in touch. I know for a lot of people, we desire to have relationships that are in close proximity to us. I'll tell you right now. All of my best friends, with the exception of Mr. Smith, do not live geographically close to me. And we communicate via audio. Yeah. (laughs) And so I use an app on my phone. It's called Voxer, V as in Victor, O-X-E-R. I'll link to it in the show notes. And it's basically a walkie-talkie app. And it's a way that I communicate with my students. It's a way that I communicate with my best friends, with my entire team. But I get to show up when it's convenient for me and they get to show up when it's convenient for them. And it's a way for us to constantly stay in touch. Is it social media? Is it not social media? Do you need to request texting? I had to do that with my mom kind of at the advent of texting when it was starting to become more (laughs) popular and wasn't just T9 anymore. T9. And I said to her, you know, it would mean so much to me if you would take some time to learn how to text. I'm really, I would be really happy to help you.
1: Why is it when we say that we have to, like, text We have with to our use thumbs. our thumbs. <laughs> I gotta do that, too. I'm like, I was texting this person, and I have to, like, do the do universal the text symbol.
0: Like, everybody can see us, Everybody right?
1: knows what that text symbol is like, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I had to request that. As the relationship was changing, as things were getting harder for me, and it was easier for me to communicate with everybody via text, and I wanted to stay in contact connection with her and communication, I asked for what I needed and just said, hey, would you be willing to do this? Mm -hmm. Now, you don't always get a yes. Sometimes relationships fade away, but I want you to start looking at, is there an expanded way that I can view keeping in touch? And what are the action steps that I can take to start cultivating that? Who are the people that I want to stay in contact with? Who are those soul tribe people that you really want to make sure that they don't get slipped? by the wayside number three this is a doozy and nobody's gonna fucking like it number three <laughs> I, <laughs> I wish know. i'd had the courage to express my feelings
1: oh i did not think that one
0: i need you to hear me mr smith and i have witnessed this firsthand and it's oh, fucking sure. painful you can literally die from not expressing your feelings We have seen people pass on from disease that we believe wholeheartedly was from a lack of expressed emotions. Let's take it out of the woo-woo and go into some science here, y'all. It is energy. The feelings that we feel are energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed, meaning that if you feel that anger, if you feel that frustration, if you feel that guilt, if you feel that regret... It has to go somewhere. If you do not express it into the ether, it can create dis-ease.
1: Bam. Mic drop. That's so so true. So true.
0: You see it all the time.
1: All the time. I mean, that's basically what my career is. It's helping people avoid that.
0: And how many times do you work on physical ailments and people start crying? And there's an emotional release.
1: A lot. And another thing I noticed is... Once people start tapping into that, they start listening to their body, mm-hmm. and they start paying attention to those signals, they start, it starts to cascade and snowball into bigger things. That's right. I just had a client, I was like, your nervous system is on edge, my friend. Yeah. Like, I, we can't do anything with this physical ailment until we get your nervous system cooled out.
0: Circuit board's fried.
1: And he was like, oh, you know what, I do take some, a lot of naproxen during the day which is basically caffeine. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, yeah, that's a stimulant. Yeah. Like you're putting straight up stimulant into your nervous system. Yeah. And you're, and you're wondering why you can't sleep, you know? Yeah, right. So it, it, it cascaded into, oh, I can see how that's not creating very good sleep for me. Yeah. And it can make choices that change that, right? I don't know if that's on topic, but just no, side But note. it's
0: all very much tied in together, right? And one of the things that fries our nervous system is not... Addressing emotion. Absolutely. And I can't tell you how many times you've said, oh, I work on this one specific place in the body, and if anyone has ever suffered abuse, almost always there's an emotional release. Yeah. Why? Because shame fucking hurts, and Mm -hmm. we do not want to express it. We don't want to deal with it. Here is the bullshit lie that you've been fed, my friends. You have been told that you are weak if you feel. You are not. You are a human. Telling yourself not to feel is like telling your body not to sweat or telling yourself not to throw up when something doesn't sit right with your, with your stomach. Emotions are messaging. That is it. We, it does not have to mean we're too sensitive. It doesn't have to mean that we're overdramatic. All it means is that we are being told something about what we're experiencing that's it. The same way physical pain tells us, hey, get your hand off of that fire. You're going to burn. And we go, ooh, okay. If we feel shame, if we feel guilt, if we feel embarrassed, sadness, it's telling you, hey, Amy, pay attention. Something is a afoot, is afoot here. Something has gone awry. We need your attention. Yep. We need to rectify this. We need to sever this re- relationship. We need to apologize to this situation. We need to let this go. We need to talk this out. Our emotions are fucking superpowers, but we treat them like they are poison. It is the absolute opposite. You have to understand. Feeling your emotions does not mean that you will start crying and never be able to shut it off. That is one of the biggest fears that we have. We cannot sustain one long period of emotion. We can't. They're fleeting. But what happens is if we build up and build up and build up something that we do not address, we do not work through, it will create a home in our system and it will create disease. It will create anxiety attacks, panic attacks, addictions, all sorts of shit that we want to just throw pills at and wonder why it's not working.
1: That's where I was going with that. Yeah. All those naproxen and sleeping pills and things like that were covering up. And co- actually causing some of the pain that he was having. Yeah. But also covering up the true thing, and that is that he's not happy in his job. Yeah. Right. Right?
0: Yes. Um.
1: So getting away from all those stimulants and depressants makes the real issue come to surface.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's hard to deal with those things. That's right. They're They're not quick fix things, but we take quick fix things to try to fix it. Yes. Instead of dealing with the issue as it presents. Yep. And trying to get through it. That's right. <laughs> right? And Be- that's when it becomes a physical ailment.
0: And this is what I like to call the cognitive override. We do th- we think through it. What do I need? Oh, I just need to work harder. I just need to get through this busy season. I just need to stay awake longer. I just need to work. I just need to go to a physical therapist. I need to just go somebody to help me with my body. It couldn't possibly be my emotions. It couldn't possibly be how I feel with my boss or the overwhelm that I feel in my household. Couldn't possibly be that. I just need a nanny. I just need to figure out a new system. The cognitive override. I want you to start thinking about getting really serious about flexing some emotional intelligence. It is something that we do not foster. And I want to give you some very, very basic places to start because everybody's uncomfortable with this. So get in line.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've met only me who's pretty much comfortable with it. And even I get freaked out sometimes. And we're not not—we're just not taught. I had a really great situation with my father who fostered emotional intelligence from a really early age. But I don't think that that's really very prevalent ever in our society. So here's what I want you to do. Not everybody is ready to take the jump and talk to a therapist or talk it out, like get it out of your body. The very easiest place to start is just to journal. Hard days, frustration, just get it out on paper. All of your anger, your embarrassment, your guilt, anything that you're feeling throughout the day, get it out of your system. And then start Practicing gratitude. Gratitude is one of the easiest emotions for us to access. Absolutely. Just start expressing gratitude. Not everybody's ready to be seen like that and to share their stuff with everybody else. If you are, honey, deep down and dirty might be exactly what you need to do to untangle a lot of this bullshit. If it is, check out the workshop that I mentioned, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. You'll know very quickly if it resonates with you or if it doesn't. But if you continue to try to hold this beach ball underwater, which is what my best friend always says, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to think about how hard that is. But we go, I cannot cry in front of people. I cannot let people see my, quote, weakness. You guys, that's bravery. It is brave to show emotion in a world that tells you that it's wrong. That is a fierce act of courage. I just saw that. Put on your fucking cape. And use your superhero powers. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, I was just—I just saw that when uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave in her resignation and was oh, uh-huh. saying her goodbyes. Yeah, and she she said, "I really didn't want to cry in this situation because I know crying can make you look weak." And I was like, "It's actually—it takes more strength." Yes. To actually cry in front of people to
0: emote to be seen. Yeah. It's vulnerable.
1: It's vulnerable. Yes. And I that's agree. another
0: one we equate vulnerability with weakness.
1: Right i digress and then
0: it's power that's great i mean and i wish that that was an isolated incident but it's not no it's not i've heard ariana grande do it and and i was like god damn it let it out (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and some cultures are different some some cultures really do applaud it and it's incredibly healthy american culture sadly doesn't so take your baby steps here how can I start cultivating emotional intelligence? Do I need to seek therapy? Am I ready for that to talk through some stuff? Because when you think, "Well, what am I? What's talking going to do about it?" Talking is going to save you from that fucking cancer, or that anxiety, or that depression,
1: or that heart attack, exactly. or that stroke,
0: or that adi- whatever. Yeah, or the that addiction. trip to urgent
1: care for an anxiety attack, or that's you know, right, whatever.
0: You have got to start processing. And if therapy is not comfortable for you yet, take a pen to paper in the privacy of your own room or bathroom, lock yourself in there and start addressing this. All right. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard.
1: Mm, now I thought this, that was going to be three.
0: This is where Bronnie got a lot of kickback. Sure. Because they a lot of scientists were saying that actually people find so much fulfillment in their work and blah, 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 blah. I don't think it is at all that she was saying, don't work hard in your life. It's working so hard at specific costs. It's not that it's bad to have ambition or to have things that you have accomplished. Lord knows, both of us created our own businesses from scratch. I put myself through college. We're both really proud of the things that we have worked our ass off for. However, you have to watch what you are trading. If you are saying yes to working 16-hour days, what does that mean you are saying no to? Are you saying no to intimacy with your partner? Are you saying no to connection with other humans? Are you saying no to starting a family? Are you saying no to your passions and your extracurricular things that you want to do? Like painting or skiing (laughs) or volunteering or making a difference. When you say yes to work being paramount above all else, what are you saying no to? And is it worth it? Is it worth it when we hit that great equalizer of death? When we are knocking on that door, are we going to say, yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad I slaved away for that. What, who was that person I worked for? I'm going
1: to kick back on that just a little bit and say that I know a lot of people that say, you know, I worked really hard and I didn't get a real strong connection to my family, but I'm proud to be able to say that I provided the, what I provided for them.
0: Yeah, that's so, right.
1: So there is that piece that is fulfilling for a lot of people to be able to, they may not have had the best uh, relationship with those people wouldn't wasn't as strong as it could have been if they had taken more time off work, yeah, but they provided something for them that they weren't able to have when they were younger, yeah, and that's fulfilling for them,
0: and right? that's where it comes back to full circle kind of what we we're talking about at the beginning of are my goals rooted in fulfillment, right, right, and everybody is different because I will tell you disproportionately, I see people that are the opposite, and i'm Absolutely. not I'm not discounting what you're saying no
1: I, I you know i'm I'm not I don't know what the percentage of that is, I'm just saying that that's something to throw into the mix. Is it fulfilling for you?
0: It's a place to check in and look at, okay, when I, and just ask your, ask your 85 year old self, is the way that I'm spending my time and energy, am I going to be pleased with this? Am I, is this fulfilling? Is this genuinely amazing work for me? Now, there are some people out there who are more connected to their work. And they're even doing a really impactful type of work that's curing cancer and, you know, or whatever it might be, where it is so meaningful to them that it is worth the cost. Right. But that's up for each and every person to discuss and to decide for themselves. Absolutely. But what I see more often are the the people who are burnt the fuck out, who are so overwhelmed, who are hitting chronic fatigue, who are hitting adrenal fatigue, who are getting various different types of diagnoses because there's no downtime. They're overworking and they're overworking for somebody else's dream or somebody else's idea of fulfillment, or we're chasing this thing that we think will make us happy. And what we really have to look at is maybe this isn't it. Maybe I do want more time with my partner. Maybe I do want enough time to actually find a partner and date. And maybe I don't. That is why I say personal development is called personal for a fucking reason. Because it's personal. You (laughs) need to excavate and look for what's the truth for you here. All right? So I want you, if you haven't done so already, I really want you to jot down what are the most important things in my life and then... Do my time and energy reflect that importance? And what are the first steps to changing this? They can be baby steps. They can be trying to leave work one hour early. It can be my whole postpone, delegate, omit. What are the things that you can postpone and put off? What are the things that you can delegate? And what are the things that you can omit altogether? What are the ways that you can start changing the structure of your time and energy so that you can actually put them toward the things that really do mean the most for you, whatever that is, whether it's family, your partner, your spirituality, alone time, hobbies, whatever it happens to be. I want you to just keep asking yourself, what can I do? So easy for us to get stuck in this place of, well, I can't quit this job. Okay, well, what can I do? Can I start working on my resume on the weekends? Can I start researching other companies that I might be able to work for? Can I research... Going back to school, can I talk to my partner about possibly making more so that I could step down in hours? What can you do? Because we do not get resourceful when we say, I can't.
1: That's true.
0: And what do we do with that?
1: We put it in the trash (laughs) can.
0: Thank you. (laughs) And finally, number one, this is the big gun. And I would say a huge piece of what I do, if you are a fan of the show, you're probably quite aware. Number one, regret of the dying. I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Hmm. That- is fucking people pleasing that is an investment in other people's opinions so much so that it is more important than you chronically putting everybody in front of yourself telling them that their wants opinions and needs are more important than your own that is self worth my friend that is believing that you are valuable enough to make strong assertive decisions in service of your happiness of your fulfillment not what the in-laws think not what your community your society or your even your ethic Ethnic group think is acceptable for you, not what your sexual orientation should look like. This is about living a life according to what fulfills you. So I want you to ask yourself what would I do differently in my life if I did not care what others thought? How would I live my life differently if I was not constantly seeking approval? How would I live my life differently if I wasn't afraid of letting people down? There is a reason why this came in at number 1. There is a reason why all of these people, no matter what background they had, that this was the prevailing regret. Deathbed style, all right? This is <laughs> this is a matter of life and death. This is important. This is the only shot you have. Statistics show us that one out of every one dies. That's that's,
1: that's true. That's a true statistic. None of us
0: are getting out of here alive.
1: (laughs) Although in this climate, that probably gets changed too. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have some alternative facts.
1: Yeah, we have some alternative facts on that one.
0: I want you to hear this. Who you are matters. What you want matters. Your fulfillment matters. But no one can do a goddamn thing about it except you. I can't want that enough for you. Your partner who sees the beauty in you that you don't see, they can't want that enough for you. Your bestie who thinks you're just a superstar cannot want worthiness enough for you that you see it. You have to fight for it. All right? Obviously, I'm passionate about this because I have, this is my life. This is what I have done. I did not used to feel this way about myself. I could not say without a shadow of a doubt that I love the woman that I am. And I, I can now. I have for many, many years and it's possible for you too. And I didn't want to get to that point where I felt like, Well, shit, glad I made my mom happy. Glad I checked off all those boxes. Glad I looked good on paper. Mm -hmm. I wanted to live richly. I wanted to look into my spouse's eyes and feel what ecstasy and intimacy looked like. I wanted to create things and be fulfilled with what I created. I wanted to love richly and deeply with other humans. I wanted to see them grow. And I knew I needed to take a fierce stand for that because nobody else was. sure as fuck every uh, everyone out there, all the environment and society was going to try to tell me otherwise. It was going to try to tell me to fit into a box. So if that is you and you know you are going down that road and you cannot stomach the idea of falling into this grisly category of regret, do something, my friend. Take an action step. If it's with me, awesome. Watch the workshop. See if it resonates. See if it hits home. For For the love of God, do not stop. Please find your solution. Find the person to help you, whether it's a therapist, somebody at your church, uh, somebody that you trust. If you're blessed with a family member who you can confide in, take some action, please, because you're worth it. Even if you don't believe it right now, you are, and it's possible to believe it. I promise. I promise. Whew, I get worked up.
1: Yeah, you do. Man, I'm riveted. Over are. here. <laughs> and you're sweaty.
0: Ugh, I'm, I'm, I I'm, always get really sweaty when I get worked up. Whew. So again, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Have a watch through it. If you love it, awesome. There's next steps. If it's not for you, it didn't work. No problem. Find the other answer. I'm okay that I'm not for everybody. But I, I do not want people to think that, oh, that didn't work. Must not be for me. No. You've got to find the solution that really resonates with your spirit. Whew. So let's recap real quick. Top five regrets of the dying. Number five, I wish I had allowed myself to be happier. Number four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Number three, I wish I had had the courage to express my feelings. Number two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. And number one, I wish I had had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me.
1: Mm-mm. That's powerful. That's powerful. It's The powerful five, right there. It is, mm-hmm. and it,
0: and it, you know how lucky are we that this was knowledge that was imparted to us. We yeah. ha- we are in such an amazing position because we can change the course,
1: right? Which you know makes me look at people that say that's not scientifically proven, and go, so the fuck what, <laughs> right? You know, like
0: that's enough proof for me, my friend. Yeah, that's I enough mean, proof for me. Yeah,
1: if they're on their deathbed and that's what they're saying. I'm in.
0: I'm in. And <laughs> these are all, n- nobody's saying, like, I wish I would have killed someone. Like, we're, n- none of them are like yeah, going are... to be harmful <laughs> yeah, to yeah. you.
1: <laughs> of, yeah, that's true.
0: All of these I'm things. I sort of
1: dove into a cactus once in my life. Just no, once. Nobody says that.
0: Yeah. Everything here is only going to benefit you as long as you're tapping in and looking at what your truth is. So. Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave. I really appreciate it. You know what your next steps are. All of the other links will be posted in the show notes. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: Mr. and Miss Smith. Ms. Ms. Smith. (laughs) Out.